This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? I see I'm a little agitated. There's, it's just that time of year, it feels like, where there's just one fly around my house constantly, and I can't seem to get it. And it could be that there's like 12 flies but I only see one of them at a time and whatever I do, I can't get it. It's been bothering me for like four days now. So a little on edge. Um, so you're going to get, you know, probably controversial mic tonight. So it's going to be a good one. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. And as always at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Doing good gentlemen. I just need to say first off that I may be the greatest, you know, fly swatter of all time. I mean, I'm like the karate kid just going in there and just <laughs> smacking down flies. Um, but I'm, I'm going through a transformation boys that I maybe need to talk to you guys about. So, you know, we've talked about my new heart rate monitor that's turning me into an Olympic athlete, but you know, it's more than just running to be at the top of your game, right? It, it's all parts of your life. So I'm doing this, this food cleanse right now where for about, I'm on day what am I? It started Friday. So what was that day five now? Day four? I don't know. It's a lot of math. But no carbs, no sugar, you know, no fruits or added sugars. Basically, it's kind of paleo. It's meat, cheese, and veggies. And that's, that's it, boys. And almonds. I've been doing a lot of almonds, too. And uh, my body's a little all over the place. I mean, I may need to take a quick break in here to take care of some few things. Part of me feels great. Part of me feels, you know, a little bit sluggish right now. But uh, it's this weird transformation that I'm hoping you guys can um, support me through. Hey, Mike. Miller lights are okay, right? <laughs> Miller lights are fine. I don't want to comment on that to piss off any of our potential sponsors, but for a short while, I may just prefer whiskey for uh, my podcast. <laughs> hey, Mike, how, do, how can you tell if somebody's on the, the keto diet? Uh, I don't know, Steve. This seems like a punchline. Don't worry. They'll tell you. and for the first time ever at the 27 video production studio studios we got producer Flo. how's it going Flo? gentlemen it's good to be here historic moment first time on i feel like i'm like i'm it's my job to bring the energy i'm like the strength coach of the group that behind the scenes i'm getting you amped up i'm getting you going but you guys are the ones out on the field you guys are the ones out there actually doing it making the plays but i will say it's not an easy job. I've already been getting some crap from people. I was told I had a C minus interview um, and I just <laughs> saved it at the end. Like I'm, I've already been getting some crap from people. So, you know, that's good. I'll take the constructive criticism <clears throat> and then use it to uh, just be better. And that's what I plan on doing. So track and field's ready for this content that we're about to bring them. So I'm ready for the Damn ride. Straight. Damn straight. So boys, we have uh, some big, big announcements that we've been teasing the past couple weeks and the planning is starting to come together. We have dates on the books. We have merchandise at the printer right now. It's all coming together and we're going to announce right now that Peak Too Early is putting together our first virtual race. And this isn't going to be like any other virtual race. So 
this is going to be, we're calling this, get this. It's the peak too early, two miler, T-O-O miler. Get it? Right? It's a good name, right? It's a great name. Yeah, it's an awesome name. So <laughs> uh, we're doing a virtual two mile race. And the way it's going to work is we are dropping new merch in a couple weeks. It's going to have our new logo on it. It's a new shirt. It's this really soft, like almost vintage cotton. I'm really, really pumped about it. The shirts look phenomenal. And the way that you register for the race, it's going to be a free entry to the race. All you need to do is if you buy one of our shirts, you are automatically registered to run the peak too early two miler. And it's going to, we're going to open up the race. It's going to go, it's going to go live on August 19th and run through the afternoon on August 22nd. And you submit your time and we're going to, we're going to tally up the, uh, the, the times we're going to, we're going to have a winner for each age group. And then on Saturday night, we're going to have a virtual after party. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm excited about the fact that it's only two miles. I mean, we talked about this for all you people that, you know, 5k, I I agree with you right now. It's super hot out. I mean, maybe you haven't run in a while because of this whole uh, stay at home order thing, but we're giving it, we're giving it to you on a platter, just a two miler out there. So that, that brings me to my first and most important point probably is, uh, so we kind of, you know, squared away the details for this, this weekend, um, so yesterday I had like the biggest Sunday scaries I've ever had in my entire life because I realized I haven't run in, you know, just about a month. So today I was like, all right, training starts today. We got to get ready for this two miler. Uh, it was about like 115 degrees here. And I don't know if I could do more than two miles at this point. I think if this was a 5k, you'd have to count me out. So, um, but with that said, the training has begun. So, so here we, here we go with that. Uh, my second point is we have kind of given virtual races a, a hard time in the past on this show. What I want to make very clear is this is not a road race that had to, you know, downgrade to a virtual race just to keep your money. This is a race that is designed specifically for a virtual race. This is something that we could do pandemic or not. And it's going to be awesome it's going to be designed specifically for this and the after party is going to be just like a peak too early after party would be we're going to be having a blast miller lights are going to be flowing hopefully you know trent will be drinking miller lights by then they'll be flowing like crazy we're going to be having a great time we're going to have guest appearance it's going to be amazing so this is this is no you know average joe virtual race that just had to be done and put together so they could keep your money this is you know we're, we're giving back to the virtual community at this point. Yeah. And I mean, if you've been with us since the beginning, you know that there's nothing that we hated more than Strava and this idea of virtual running, but there's nothing we loved more than going to races, going to the after party, the community that you get from running. And we've been deprived of that. So we've been forced to go online and we're making the best of it. And like Mike said, this isn't your average virtual race. Like we want everybody to kind of be part of it in a really unique way. Like, so you're going to run your time on your own, but we want you to submit videos. We want you to submit pictures. So that's going to be part of the process. Like if you're going to be part of the race, you got to submit some video. You got to at least submit a picture. We're going to put it all together. It's going to go on our Instagram. It's going to go on our website. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually like, like Mike said, 
like it's motivating me to get out there and get some miles in this disgusting humidity right now. I would probably otherwise be just, you know, passing on these runs, but I got to get my butt out the door. I, I was talking to producer Flo earlier today, uh, just kind of squaring some stuff up. And I got to be honest, he's been making me a little bit nervous with all of his like Snapchat videos and texts he's been sending me because I mean, he's definitely run like at least a dozen more times in the last couple of weeks than I have. So I mean, what are the chances that producer flow beats me in this race? Ooh, we're going to have to put odds on that. Well, write it down, write it down. We need gambling odds. We got to do some gambling. Sort of gambling odds. Game yeah, for this. We need some. Okay. Put it on the, put it on the board. See, we're brainstorming. We're doing live brainstorm. This is awesome. And you know, I, I think that the, the last thing I want to say, like when we did the, when we did the P2E showdown, you know, we proved that we could do something virtually, we could have fun and we could, you know, keep building this awesome community that we, that we've made. And, you know, like we said, last time we released, uh, we, we released our first iteration of the P2E shirts, you know, we want to give you guys something, you know, if you guys are giving us money, you know, to, to help support what we're doing here, we want to go above and beyond to give you something back. So, you know, if you buy a t-shirt, you're going to get an awesome shirt, but then you're also entered into this, this, this cool virtual event, which we're excited about and I'm looking forward to. So stay tuned for updates. I'm willing to, um, if we want to just come out with the bang here in my first episode of the pod, I'm willing to guarantee victory over Mike. I know the type of, you know, toll that just went on his body through the challenge you guys did, and I'm willing to take advantage of it and really get my first victory in a long time, probably in any serious sport, um, and nothing sweeter. So, yeah, I'm willing to come out right do, now, do guarantee you, victory. You want to figure out some spread in the future, or do you just want this straight up? Yeah, how much spread. time? How much time do you want? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to crunch some <laughs> how much numbers. How time do you fig- want? I oh, like it. Okay, I see. I, like I see it. what you did there. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> guarantee Flo, victory. Flo, you're All gonna right. have right. literally a hundred percent of the fan base rooting. You know how in Vegas sometimes you know you have the the people's teams like the Packers and the Cowboys. Everybody votes on or puts their money on them. Everyone's money is gonna be on Flo. It's gonna be great. I already it, ran today. I might do another one. Here we go, baby. A little it. Steve Jenner late night, late night run for you. Yeah. See, listen, I, I, it's unfortunate because I feel like I've become like the lovable loser on this podcast, right? I mean, unfortunately, all the races we run, you know, I've, I've brought up the rear and the whole uh, SAT challenge thing, you know, didn't help the cause. So I would understand if you weren't putting your money on me, but uh, if you're trying to make some money, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're looking in the wrong place if you're putting your money on the, on the, the producer of the running show. Well, Mike, Mike, you're, the lo- you're becoming the lovable loser of the podcast, but you're doing it to yourself. I mean, you're just not running. I mean, you got to step it up. You got to oh. put up with a little bit of effort here. Well, hold on. Okay. Listen, in our last challenge, I, I gave it everything I had. I, you know, I put myself out there. That's and in the, uh, on the the Fifth Avenue mile, things happen. I'm, a, you know, things happen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, Have we figured thing, out when the SATs go. are, by the way? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have brought that up because we just yeah know, we read. we have real short memories on here, but I'm really glad you brought that up. So now that I can take this time to find out when we can sign you up for an in-person SAT. None of this virtual sure. SAT stuff. I don't know if they're doing that, but you have to go in person and sit through that. Yeah, well, then we'll probably got like three years until we do that. So, <laughs> so hey, one last note on this because I know everybody's thinking it, you know, and they're gonna it's gonna be bugging them until we come around to the next episode. The the two mile can be done on the roads. It's long, as long as it's not a net downhill. 
So you're welcome to do this on the roads, but we strongly encourage that you find a track to do it on a track. And guys, this isn't going to be a metric two mile. You know, we're going to be looking at the map to make sure that you start and finish at a different spot because, you know, we're running a true two mile here. None of this metric bullcrap. Yeah, we might have to put a tutorial out for all those like New Hampshire yeah. kids on, on <laughs> where to start for to. a two mile. That's not a bad idea, actually. You know what? We that that's we're doing that. We're we're probably going to have to do that. Say, like, this is where you start to run a full two miler. And this is where you. Yeah. Finish. In the title, but like Massachusetts kids, no need to watch this video. Everybody <laughs> else take a look. I was thrown off when Steve said get to start and finish at different spots. I was like, how does that make any sense? It's a track. <laughs> but now now it's coming around to me. All right, boys, let's kick off the running news. All right, our first news topic. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, the kind of one that you're going to see on national news, ESPN type stuff. Christian Coleman is getting a hit with a suspension. He just had a third whereabouts failure in the, you know, the drug testing world. And I mean, this is a guy who just won the world championship in the hundred meter fastest man in the world puts USA on his chest. I mean, this is as far as USA concerned. I mean, this is, this is our guy, right? The, you know, the biggest event in track and field and the fastest guy in the world now at risk, the, you know, the general, the usual suspension for this kind of, um, you know, hit on whereabouts failures is two years, which would put him out of contention for this upcoming Olympics, which is a gigantic deal. Now there is talks that it could be only a one year suspension, which would be really lucky on his part. But it, at this point, it looks like it could be two years keeping him out. Now he went, he took to Twitter and kind of tried to explain his side of the story where, you know, he uh, never got a call from the guy, which, you know, has drawn up a little bit of argument, whether that's normal protocol or not. And he also said he was back in the, in the appropriate time frame. He said he was back to watch, uh, you know, Monday night football at eight o'clock, which would have gave him plenty of time to take that. And the guy wasn't there. There's also controversy of, you know, on his form, the address was not written down correct. So he's thinking maybe the guy went to the wrong thing. Who knows? Maybe it's just Christian trying to, you know, pull what he tried with the whole USADA thing last year, or maybe there's some legitimacy behind it. What do you guys think? Well, I, I said it last week, Mike, the best way to not fail a drug test is to not take it. So, uh, you know, that seems to be a pretty common theme over the past couple of weeks, but Mike, you, you kind of glossed over what happened with USADA last year. And I think that's a, that's a really important piece to this. So he missed or he, he, he missed the three whereabout drug tests last year. But there was a lot of controversy around one of them that allowed him to, to end up running and eventually win gold at, you, at the World Championships. Yeah, so basically, like, he was going to, to miss the World Championships, and they kind of, he, you know, argued it and protested it, and they dug into the rule book and saw that your, your drug test gets pushed back to the beginning of the quarter. So if you let's say the beginning of the quarter is on April 1st and you're supposed to take it on May 12th and you miss a drug test on May 12th, then they make the date of it April 1st. So by them pushing this back, it actually opened up the, you know, 12 year period. You could do it, which kind of was a loophole for him to be able to run on the world championship stage. So literally a year ago, he went through this process and shouldn't have been running in the world championships. was able to get through with a, you know, a loophole and, 
won won gold and now here we are one year later and he you know is on the hook again for missing missing three drug tests i think it's important that we re-emphasize how big of a story this is because i don't think it's been getting enough play in the news i mean there's no sports going on right now i mean there's a, there's a few things but for all intents and purposes there's no sports and it doesn't seem like this is getting as much coverage as maybe um you know, it should be. And maybe it's because we don't have a, a final timeline on how long it's going to be out for or something like that. But, I mean, this is huge. It's the fastest guy in the world. Um, moving off of that, the, the tweet he had out, man, maybe I'm just a sucker. But I read it, and I think I, – normally I don't believe these guys. Normally I'm out. Like, last time we were talking about this, what was it? Sawa Aid Nasser. I bet you I, I did that name nice job. perfectly. Nice job. Nice job. Uh, world record holder. She got uh, in trouble for just about the same thing, right? She wasn't there when she had to, you know, take her test. And I was kind of jokingly saying, like, oh, if I'm a 22-year-old girl, I totally get it. You know, I'm out with my, my friends. I'm sneaking out of the house or whatever. And, and, I, and I, you know, I just didn't make it back my drug test. Uh, but the more you read about these violations, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend the athlete because you know you signed up your – but. I mean, it's intense that you have to, like, constantly have your whereabouts, you know, given to it. Like, what about me? I don't bring my cell phone anywhere. You know, I would be so screwed if I were an athlete. Like, I would miss every yeah, test would. possible. Uh, what if you have a good, good signal? So, I don't think it's a ridiculous – and I know it's not his first transgression, right? So, he's got to be more careful. He knows he's got these going on. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's a ridiculous story to say I was out, you know, Christmas shopping for a few hours and I came back <laughs> – and then, you know, the guy should probably wait outside his house for a few hours or something. I don't know. Like, give the guy a chance to pass his drug test. All right. So here's what I'm going to say. I know in the past we have given a lot of people a lot of hard times for this drug drug testing deal. And I think we, you know, more than most are pretty quick to throw people under the bus, play a little bit of ride and dirty. And I was just going to say cheaters. we play ride and dirty. Yeah, we, I mean, let's, let's get it played. But let me say this. Okay. I understand that all things point to, you know, he's probably guilty. He didn't learn his lesson from a, literally a year ago where he had to go through this. And now we're going through it again on a global, a global stage. So you'd say he didn't learn his lesson and he didn't play by the rules. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is you miss three tests. And if you miss three tests, you get suspended. But... This is our guy, man. If we're not going to stick up for anybody, right? If we're not going to stick up for the fastest guy in the world being from the U.S., who are we going to defend, right? Like, we got to go to battle for our dude Christian. We got we to gotta fight for him. He Listen, he, was, he sent his receipts that, you know, say he was at Chipotle that night and he was, he, was <laughs> buying a, he was buying a suit. And, you know, he claims that he was back to watch Monday Night Football. He was throwing out facts from the football game. So he was saying is there. He's claiming the address is wrong. I believe Christian. I think he was right. And plus, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of these whereabouts failures. It, it is, there's got to be a better way to do it, right? Because if this, what if this guy just doesn't like Christian Coleman and decides, yeah, I'm going to say I was at Ring his house. Ring the doorbell once and, and get Yeah, and, and just leave. And like, how, how can anybody prove that this guy was actually there? Like, how, how can we not have a better system? So I was doing some more reading because, you know, we've gotten called out a couple times in the past for not knowing enough about this, and we don't, right? I'm just over here, you know, spitting this. But they have to have, like, a time, an hour slot every single day that they're responsible, that anybody could show up at their house and give them a drug test. 
that that's just insane. How do we not like have a monthly, like how can we not have like just like a monthly meeting point, right? Like the first of the month, you show up at this location and you may have to take a drug test, you may not. Or maybe it's every two weeks or something like that. But it's like you have to show up at a specific location. The idea that like a time slot, some guy could just show up at your house and like you be there and like, what if it's like a, you know, a stickler who just is sitting there watching his clock and you're running down the sidewalk like, hey, I'm here, I'm here. And the guy's like, nope, you missed it. So like, it just, the whole thing seems insane and I'm sick of it. And because it's my guy, Christian, because he wears USA on his chant, I'm, I think they're full of crap. I think they're trying to set him up. Free Christian. This is BS. (laughs) Well, Mike, yeah, you, you bring up a really good point where it's like last week, you know, we weren't necessarily prepared to talk about it. We didn't really fully understand, you know, the whereabouts failures or whatever, but this is, this is the number one ranked guy and arguably the most marketable event in our sport. And he has USA on his chest until there's definitive evidence. We got to back him. So I'm on, I'm on team Coleman. Let's go. I'm, I, I, I support everything you just said. Show us the Chipotle receipts. I want to see yep. the Chipotle receipts. And, and listen, people, <laughs> I know there's like other professional athletes who have been like roasting Christian for, you know, giving him a hard time about this. And, you know, they have every right to be, right? He's not, he didn't play by the rules in the past. And he's not playing by the rules now. But at some point, we got to decide we're getting behind our guy, right? I mean, at some point, we just have to decide that that's what we're going to do. And that's what I'm doing. So most people are going to get behind Christian Coleman here, right? And some people are going to be against him and all the attention can be about Christian Coleman. But I tell you what my, I was attracted to or what caught my attention was this AIU, you know, unit, this, this athlete integrity unit that just (laughs) shows up like sneakily around the entire country or whatever and shows up and makes people take drug tests. I mean, it sounds like, you know, the secret service, right? Like one day, you know, they're not there the next day they just show up and they're in your garage or whatever. And you have to take a, you know, piss test in front of them or whatever it is. Is this specific to track and field, the athlete integrity union, or is it, or is it, is it to all like Olympic sports? I have absolutely no because, idea. What's because if, go, it's, if it's just put us on the spot, we were doing no, a great no, job. Because if it's just track and field, like I, I envision like a bunch of like nerdy distance runners walking around in split shorts with their no, you know, you know it is. You no, know, actually, you know who it <laughs> is. Their logs perfectly. No, it, it is track officials. That's who it is. It's the yellow jackets. And that's probably why they probably were sitting there with a stopwatch waiting for Christian Coleman. They probably could see him through the window and like, we're like knocking like super and just these crusty old dudes wearing their stupid yellow and green jackets. That's who it is. It's in those people love to yell at people. They love to get people in trouble. You're onto something, Mike, you're onto something. Sorry, Trent, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I needed to, I needed to talk a little bit about the integrity unit. No, any talk about the integrity unit is, is what I want to talk about because that was the most fascinating part of this whole story was the people that are paid to show up and and test people. Um, I do want to say kind of a more serious point is that like track and field did this to you know, ourselves, themselves, because of how many athletes it's turned out, you know, have, have been cheating and doping. And we found that out after the fact. So, I mean, Mike, you bring up this idea of, you know, the, the central location every, every little bit. I mean, there's things people can take to cover up drugs at some point, right? There's people can bring substituted specimens, you know, with them for the test if they have that kind of prep time. And I'm not, then maybe there is a better way. I'm not an expert, you know, actually, why couldn't, why couldn't, why can't they, why couldn't they do that in the comfort of their own home? Right? Like, why can't they have like, you know, their, 
their drug test go kit or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why isn't there some what, type of technology that they can just pee into and it reads it and sends a signal off to the lab? Sure, well, people like, can, people can like take, you know, things to cover up, you know, what's going to come out or you can like try and, you know, get someone else's, you know, on a heating pack on your thigh and, and piss that out. Um, my whole, well, that's what I'm saying. My whole why point can't you is set that up in your own house. Like, why does it like, you know what I mean? Like if you have like a, like a, whatever the substance or this like way to get around the thing it's like you hear the knock on the door it's like oh go grab the you know my drug test kit it's time to it's time to you know beat this thing i mean it's a little tougher i think with just you know such little uh heads up but you're right some people probably do that and they're ready to go um but i i get you know these whereabout things they can be frustrating because sometimes it does seem like a guy like coleman right now and maybe we're just suckers but you know you guys are sporting him because he's Team USA. I'm sporting because I kind of believe his Twitter story. And also because he's Team USA and I'm getting behind our guy. I'll, I'm all in on that take. Um, but it, it's a sad reality that, like, we've done this to ourselves where you do have to have, you know, the secret service of drug testing show up <laughs> at your house at one hour window. You know, potentially, I don't know, as much as they want or, or any day of the year they could possibly be there. And that's, that's kind of like a sad reality of where we are. For sure. And, and I think it's something to be said for the sport of track and field where, like, our sport takes it seriously as much as we say, like it stinks that we always have to talk about this stuff. Like our sport takes it seriously where some sports don't, right. They don't take drug testing seriously. They don't take doping seriously. And you know, the, the, the crusty old guys who, you know, run our sport, they want to make sure that the, you know, their world records aren't tampered with. So we take it seriously. And I think there is something to be said for that. Right. Absolutely. Last comment on this. Is there any part of you that wants track and field to just go, 1996 MLB and just turned a blind eye to everything. I mean, there's some ridiculous times. There's every part of me, but uh, okay, they don't I mean, want to hear too. that. I they just, don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, I, anyways, fair enough. All right. The, the next and last news story we're going to talk about here is, so I don't know if you guys saw it, but the um, Atlanta Track Club and the Oregon Track Club had uh, kind of a dual meet, a virtual dual meet this past week. Did you guys get a chance to check it out? I did. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there was no, no like crazy headline from it or anything like that, but again, with track and field, it was like, this was a cool thing. Like, I, I think it was not perfect, nothing, but the attempt I thought was actually really cool. And I liked the idea, the, the point system they had where it was just like mono me mono one-on-one, like people going against each other. And it was no like crazy, like track and field point structure. It was like, listen, my guy versus your guy, if he beats you, we get a point and we're going to run a couple of events and, you know, whoever has the most points at the end wins. And obviously there was like some, uh, you know, internet and, you know, weird connectivity issues that kind of give it like laggy stuff that gives it an issue. And then, you know, back to what we were talking about with the virtual stuff last time, obviously the Oregon track club had better weather than the Atlantic track club. Like that's just a fact. It's something you're going to deal with when you're doing this virtually, but overall, I, I actually kind of thought it was a cool thing. Steve disagrees. I disagree. Steve disagrees. I, That's fine. That's fine. I appreciate the effort. I will say that. I appreciate the effort. I mean, it, it's really hard to say, like, track and field. Try something. Just try it. Just try it. And then when they try, it's hard for me to be kind of a hypocrite and kind of, you know, say it wasn't very good. Sure. I mean, we did this. We did this last week, right? We did this with the the Ingebrigtsens uh, versus uh, Team Chariot, and 
that was okay. <laughs> and you have like two of the biggest names in the sport and it was only okay. Um, it's really hard for me to get excited about Atlanta track club versus the Oregon track club. I would, I would almost just rather watch these, these clubs just try to do time trials with each other than, than, than keep trying to do this head to head in different parts of the world matchup. I like See, the I, idea. I, I, I disagree. Just, I just don't, I, I can't, I can't get excited about watching it. You know, I just can't. And, and that's fine. Like I, I understand that, but I think the idea of like watching two people get on a track and obviously not the same track, but get on a track and just race each other. Right. Like, who cares about times? Who cares about how good or elite of a runner you are? Like, let's just go and like make it like whoever wins gets the point. To me, there's something about that that's compelling. So I think it's tough to get excited about this event as a virtual race where you have guys pretty much like you said. Uh, see, they're kind of doing their own time trial, right? They're they're on their own there, um, and you have the lagging issues, which makes it tough as a viewer. But you know, I've said it before. I, I like, and I think we all. Have have agreed on this i like the idea of this you know head-to-head type of matchup that we have going on and i hope that we don't get discouraged as dragon field fans that this format doesn't work because virtually it's so freaking tough to like get any excitement for it um especially you know where it's, it's just being broadcast on these random websites and youtube and such um but I would like to see this thing happen, you know, once we can do in-person races. Like, like what if you had some cool rivalries, like some real team rivalries going on, you know, in the U.S. And you could have head-to-head track meets, which was super simple scoring like this where any casual track fan could follow along, you know, and have exactly an idea of where each team stands with just a few events, whether they're, you know, traditional events or, or not traditional events like we had here. So I just hope that this doesn't lose momentum as an idea, you know, once um, the COVID hopefully passes in the, in the future. And maybe it actually will end up being a logical next step because we're going to start having small gatherings before big gatherings. So maybe we could see some, some track clubs, especially like West coast. I mean, how many freaking, you know, awesome West coast track clubs are there that you could have, you know, a battle and it wouldn't be that much travel or that really hard logistics wise to put that on. I think there is potential here. For sure. Yeah. I mean like the idea of, let's say like two of like the major track teams go and do something like this you get like a not even major it could be i mean like i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily consider either one of these major i agree like a dual meet between these two clubs would have been awesome to watch but i just can't do the virtual anymore sure and that that's fine but like let's say like a dual meet between like you know like bowerman track club and like brooks beast or something like that right and you put like you know one of the brooks milers against you know one of the the you know matt centrowitz or you know one of their guys and have it just two guys going at it for one. I, I guess I, it's more of the concept of it than the execution that I, I enjoyed. I like, I like the idea of it. I think that that is something that could work on a, on a big stage. Agreed. And, and yeah, Trent, like I completely agree. Like if, if Atlanta track club and Oregon track club, like manufactured this rivalry and they had a in-person dual meet once a year, I would think that was, that would, would be awesome. Like I would be all about that. I would love it. Even if they're not the fastest runners in the country, they're just, you know, a group of elites, you know, training together and racing together. And you match those two clubs up against each other. And they're somewhat like on a level playing field and that they have that date highlighted on their calendar, like every single year, like I want to beat the Atlanta track club on this date. That would be awesome for the sport. I'm just having a really hard time getting, getting behind the two different places right now. I just, I can't. 
Well, with the two different places too. I mean, Mike, you you alluded to it, but can we figure out the freaking like weather differences and conditions? I know, I know, you know, you can't actually say definitively we're going to have similar conditions, but we saw in the chariot and Ingebrigtsen, you know, battle where chariot was, you know, at elevation and just going through, you know, fog and rain. And then here you, you were reading about how hot it was in Atlanta. If we're going to do a virtual race, can we just plan, you know, two climates that are generally pretty similar, at least this time of year, similar elevation and similar, you know, within 20 degrees of each other and 20, you know, a certain percentage of humidity. Is that that hard to plan? Maybe. Yeah. Apparently. It's, it's kind of hard to control the weather, Trent. No, 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 no. Atlanta but to, to, first. Oregon I mean what's gonna be freaking hotter Atlanta's gonna be way hotter to his point I mean like you have like half of the running community up in like you know Colorado or Oregon or California right I mean there's so many pro teams that are out that way it's and generally the climates up there are gonna be yeah up in the Pacific Northwest so you're saying like (laughs) Norway versus Versus Kenya probably isn't the best weather matchup. You can't control the weather, but you can control to not put Norway versus Kenya in a (laughs) virtual race. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's get into our interview with University of Colorado graduate, recent graduate, Joe Klecker. Joe is one of the up-and-coming stars in the sport. He's going to be signing with a pro team soon. He's one of those people. He's one of those athletes that really kind of got gypped out of an opportunity to get a couple national championships on the track and indoor and outdoor. Um, but let's, uh, we, had a, we, had a, we had a great conversation with him, so let's get into it. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for making some time to to chat with us tonight. Yeah, for sure. Where where are you at right now? Uh, I'm at, I'm back in Boulder now. I went home to Minnesota for a few weeks, but uh, then I've been back here for like two weeks now. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So you know, I I know you're probably sick of talking about it at this point. I mean, I'm sick of talking about it, but I did want to ask you, you know, talk a little bit about outdoors NCAA's, and you were somebody that had an opportunity to to potentially win a national championship and just kind of have that opportunity taken away from you kind of, where's your head at right now? How are you feeling about it? You know, what's your, what's your mindset about the whole situation right now? Yeah. I mean, obviously when that got taken away, it was, it was hard, but as far as outdoor goes, I didn't even really start thinking about outdoors yet. I was so kind of set on indoor. And so, you know, I spent so much time getting ready for the three K and the five K indoor that I like once this everything got canceled I was more bummed about like losing indoor just because outdoor hadn't hadn't even started and I didn't even really know like what I was planning to run outdoor I mean I know I probably would have done the 5k but I wasn't sure if I was going to maybe try and do the 10k as well or even um, try and do the 1500 or something Um, so I just hadn't even like thought about it yet so as far as like outdoor I wasn't too like bummed just because I was so focused on indoor and I, it took a long, a long time to get over that. Yeah. So you're, you're going pro now and I've read some of your, your quotes about it. And I think, I think we would all agree that, you know, it seems like the right, the right decision for you, but the NCAA did have that thing where they're offering people that extra year of eligibility. Um, so as you had time to think about it, you know, I think, like I said, we all agree you're, you're probably doing the right thing. Not that we know your story, but um, was there any point you were at the very beginning? You're just like, gotta come back to school because i could see myself in that situation where it's like 
I don't care about going pro. I'm coming back to Colorado. I'm doing one more year. I'm going after some national titles. Um, was there any part of that in the beginning, or did you kind of know it was done, you know, once they, once they canceled the meets? Well, once they canceled it, yeah, and everyone was kind of talking about, like, oh, the NCAA should give them another year of eligibility. And initially, I was just kind of like, man, like, I don't know what I would do in school for another year, you know? I, don't, I wouldn't really want to be full-time in classes for another year. But then, like, once stuff kind of simmered down and the NCAA gave us another year, I just sat down with my coach like almost every day and talked about like, you know, my opportunities to go pro that were um, kind of at the time pretty murky because of all the, you know, businesses just not really wanting to hire and everything because of the economic impacts of coronavirus. But then like I was, you know, we just continued to talk and we were starting to like look at programs I could do next year. And like as much as I wanted, like, it's like I would sit down, I'd go for a run and I think, you know, I really want to go win a title and like, I'd be really fired up about coming back. And then I would go onto like the university website and look for programs to do next year. And I was just like, there's nothing I want to do. Like a one year master, like I couldn't even, there weren't even like any real master's programs I could do for one year. Um, and so it, yeah, like it, it was the two things. Like I wanted to run, I wanted to come back cause I did want to go win that title, but it was just like, like the, having to do school for another year and then also not even being able to race in the fall, but still having to do school is just really like something I didn't want to do. There was a thought of the thought of having to go sit in a classroom when you could potentially go make money at a sport that you're really good at. I mean, those, those two things kind one kind of outweighs the other. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, there was no, there's no ballroom dancing majors, Matt Leonard style. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm, 0% success rate with these offers, but I've offered them to a few people in the past. You know, I offered them to, to Morgan McDonald and and a couple other people coming straight out of college. So I figured, you know, I might as well give you the opportunity as well too. So the first one is um, we just uh, made some pretty sweet singlets with our new logo on them. And we're offering a 30 rack of Miller light for anybody who wanted to, you know, run for the peak too early squad. So if it's something you're interested in, I don't know, maybe we could talk offline or, you know, if you don't want to give away all your contract details here on the pod, but I mean, it, it, the offer's on the table. Let me just put it that way, Joe. Yeah, well, I'll just that might be that might be my second best offer, so I'm <laughs> gonna have to uh, <laughs> think it over. So, and and that leads me to my uh, second offer that I put on the table for for everyone in your situation. W- would you like to announce any um, details about you know your future professional career and potential? Uh, contracts you're taking on this platform um yeah so at the time a lot of it is kind of in the works like I've, i I signed my contract and they're gonna announce kind of what they're building in july um but right now i'm like they've kind of told me to keep it pretty hush um i know that like word gets out and people start to think you might be doing something but they've told me just like kind of don't say anything. Don't say too much until mid July. But you, you guys. I mean, in mid July, everyone will know. Damn, I'm, my success rate. Know. My success rate is still no, zero. Maybe one of these days. <laughs> I've been signed now for a while, and I've wanted to say, like, you know, it's exciting news, and people want to know, and it's like, no, nah, no, nah, just don't say anything. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll just <laughs> quiet. <laughs> So how so, many people have you told? I mean, there's definitely some people in your life you've told. Yeah, mainly just like my family, honestly. Um, I like close friends and family, like people on my team. But um, yeah, like I've had to definitely be careful because I know there's certain people I'll tell and then 
it's no like it has no uh then it just gets out like a wildfire so i've kind of it's not my style to like keep this stuff secret like i was obviously it's an exciting time and i wanted you know like i kept talking to sports marketing i'm like hey like I want to like announce this and they're like, no, 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 no. Just keep, just wait. Like we have stuff in the works. Like we're working on this stuff. Like, and so now I've just kind of like let them do, I mean, obviously they know what they're doing and I'm just letting them do the work and I'm just kind of training now. So we have, a, we have a lot of uh, young runners that listen to our podcast and they're, they're probably pretty interested at like what the process is like, you know, graduating school and kind of trying to find that, that, that pro contract. Is it something that you enjoyed? Was it, uh, was it an annoying process, something you just kind of wanted to get through? What was that like for you? Yes. I mean, once the season got shut down, um, fortunately, Mark and Heather, like really, they know a lot about the pro running world. So working with them, like, they definitely helped me like choose an agent and everything, which was kind of the easy part. Like all the agents were reaching out and they want to sign you. And, you know, most of them are pretty good guys. And, you, you know, you talk to them all and just kind of go with who you like. And I took a lot of their advice on that. And then like the more frustrating part I would say was like working with the agent and then like, like they're obviously going out there every day, like talking to brands, marketing you, trying to get you contracts. And like, maybe, you know, just this year because of, because of coronavirus, it was like initially when you're talking to them, they're, they're mentioning all these brands that they think would be a good fit for you. And like, um, they're like, yeah, like I know, like we can probably, you know, get some, some offers on the table here pretty soon. And like, and so I was super excited at first, you know, like I I picked an agent pretty quick, you know, I was ready to get going with the process, kind of get ahead of the curve on things. And then it was like, just a standstill, like just every day talking to, you know, on the phone and just being like, Hey, like brands are just waiting this out right now. Like they want to see what's happening or like, you know, some brands like say they're like laying off employees and they're kind of on like a higher freeze. And so that was the really frustrating part was like, okay, like I kind of made the decision. I'm not going back to school, but also I had no contracts in front of me. And so it was like, you know, you're, it's kind of stressful because my lease was up. Like it, you know, it's like, you got to figure out what you're doing. Um, and fortunately I, I ended up getting a, a, an offer and, um, you know, which like the offer that I got in the situation I'm in, which I can't say too much about again is like totally different than what I envisioned for myself after college, but I'm incredibly like excited about it. And I think that it's going to surprise a lot of people when it's announced. Um, even if people think they know like who I'm signed with and what we're doing, they don't. <laughs> Looking forward a- to it. There's so much fuel for all the people that love trying to guess this stuff by just what you said in the last two minutes though. And you're not giving anything away, but I know, you know, ourselves and some of the listeners are like, man, what's he mean by that? You know, crossing this brand off, crossing that brand off. So this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. So I know like we're still a little bit away away from the whole deal, but you know, kind of shifting your mindset from away from NCAAs and now you're kind of, you know, obviously focusing on your professional career and obviously I'm assuming the Olympics need to be on your radar. Have you kind of decided, you know, where you're going to focus as far as like distance and what you're kind of training for as far as like uh, competition goals type of things? Yeah. Um, so 
obviously in college, I, you know, I started as like a miler and kind of worked my way up and settled on 5k and I really loved the 5k and I feel like at CU, I never got the opportunity to really just go put together like a really good, like fast 5k. And so I feel like I have a lot of like unfinished business there. And so that's kind of my, my, my goal right now is just to keep doing like mile 5k, um, as long as I can. Um, I know that like, it's tempting to move up in distance and like, sure, I'll probably race a 10k eventually. And, but, <laughs> you know, working with my coach, um, he was saying how, like, you know, if I wanted to run a marathon, like, I don't know if he would support it, but like, plenty of people are like, Hey, like you should think about like getting, you know, trying to do a marathon. I'm just like, no, like, I don't want to do that. Like they'll look at my Strava or something and see that I run like 20 miles every Sunday and they're like, Oh, you'd be really good at the marathon. I'm just like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> that's so, yeah, smart, I don't man. do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, Joe, your, your pedigree, you know, I feel like you were, you were born and bred to be a marathoner. Your mother's a two thirty marathoner, 1992, Olympian your dad what do you hold like an ultra marathon record for almost 30 years I mean you gotta you gotta feel some part of you feel some obligation to one day run the marathon oh yeah no I mean I don't doubt that I eventually will and like I know that my parents obviously like you know I have the genes to do it but at the same time when I talk to my dad he's always says how like he wished he would have focused on the mile because he felt like he had quite a bit of speed and he really wanted to see if he could break four minutes. Um, but he just said like the way the times were back then, it was like, he was running to, you know, pay his bills and stuff. And it was like going to road races every weekend. And he was like, and so that's one of his biggest things for me is like, sometimes he'll be like, Oh, you should think about running twin cities marathon this fall. But then sometimes when he's more, you know, thinking straighter, it's like, he wants me to keep doing track races, keep pursuing the mile. Cause it's something he didn't do. And he wished he would have because you know, he thinks he has, he has that natural speed too. Um, but he's only run like, I think of maybe a 408 or something. And so a lot of people haven't seen that. They say so they just think he's an ultra-marathoner. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you were anxiously awaiting the, uh, you know, classic question about your, you know, your parents <laughs> running history that I'm sure you get on every podcast, but are you, are you ready as a pro for every single interview to answer questions about, you know, your parents running and, you know, the graphic every time you're in like a big race, like the, the fun fact <laughs> about Joe Klecker and, and, you know, his parents, uh, running pedigree. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting it for a long time. Like I'm sure <laughs> in high school, like I go to meets and so many people's parents would come up to me and like tell me that they raced with my parents back in the day. So I'm pretty used to it now, but, um, the older I get, I think the you know, I just think it's really cool that people still know and still real, you know, like 1992, that's almost what 30 years ago now, like people are still saying like, you know, they remember watching my mom at the U S championship marathon when she won. And then they remember her in Barcelona. And so, yeah, like the, the longer it go, you know, long, the older I get, like, I think the cooler it is that people still remember all that stuff. Did your parents have you on the track when you were six years old, just doing repeats? No, basically, my parents running when I was growing up, it was like every day from eight to 10 in the morning, like they were just gone. Like we'd wake up and they'd be gone. And then they would get back like around like nine or 10. And it was just them going on their run and doing their workout. And it felt so normal that I didn't think anything of it, you know, but then you realize that 
most people's parents aren't just running from eight to 10 every day. So, um, you know, one thing I wanted to, to touch base on and, and kind of talk about, and one of the reasons that we connected is you recently raffled off a, one of your kits, you know, a whole bunch of Colorado gear to raise money for, for your hometown and kind of rebuild some of the, the, the uh, buildings that were kind of had some damage during the, during the riots. Um, how much money did you end up raising? Uh, it was like around 10200 or so. So just wow. over, just over $10,000. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, so where, so where did that money go? And, and can you just tell us, talk to us a little bit about why that was so important to you? Yeah. So when everything was going down, like I had just left Minnesota and everything was, you know, normal. And then the next day, um, like George Floyd happened and the riots started breaking out. And like, this is, you know, 10 miles from where I live. And these are places that I go all the time. And, you know, I'm now I'm back in Colorado and I'm just kind of sitting there like, you know, I donated to some of these funds and I was reading up on a lot of like fundraising that people were doing to, to help the city. And, you know, I'm just sitting here in Colorado kind of feeling like, you know, I feel like there's more I can do. And I just kind of brainstormed and it came to me one day, like, you know, I have all this Colorado gear that people constantly message me on Instagram trying to like buy my gear. And I'm just like, not big on selling that stuff because it has a lot of like nostalgic value. Um, but you know, for like a $50 for a t-shirt, it's like, I don't need $50 that bad that I'm going to sell a t-shirt. But then I kind of thought, you know, like maybe I could raffle it off and kind of make those people happy who want to buy the gear because they could have a chance of getting it. But then also use, you know, raise money for, for this, for this fund to rebuild Lake street, which, which is kind of close to me. Um, and so, yeah, I just put together like a pack of stuff and, I kept a few things like my, my singlet from NCAs this year and like my singlet from indoor last year, which kind of meant a lot just cause I had good races. Um, but I put together some stuff that's just been sitting in a box for years now. And initially like, yeah, I put it up and I expect, I didn't, I had no goal for how much money to raise. I just thought it would be something I could do. And any, any money I raised was more than, you know, I could donate myself, which, you know, I already, like I donated some money to some funds myself, but I was like, if this can grow, um, it could, you know, raise a lot more. And then it just really blew up and people were, I mean, I had multiple people donate like a thousand dollars. It was like bizarre. And I didn't even know these people, you know? And so that to me, it was just like, wow, like this is, this is kind of cool. That's awesome. What, uh, how difficult was it to go from, you know, just college kid, right? Everything is, you know, running is probably number one priority. You're having fun. And, and so just in a few months, you're now using, you know, your platform that you've, you've built and earned, you know, for, for positive change. Is that, you know, difficult to put yourself out there like that? Or did it feel pretty natural? To me, it felt pretty natural. Um, I mean, I always figured like a quote that stuck with me from Drew one day, Hunter was like, he's like, why do we train every day? Like just for a time on a clock, like it's, it's meaningless really. But I always think that by running fast times and doing well in races, you're just building your platform and you kind of can use that for good or not use it at all. And so when I kind of realized I could use whatever platform I have, um, it's not as big as some runners, but I'm, I definitely have fans and people who, you know, who obviously will support me. Um, I just figured I had to use it. And so like, to me, like running fast times, is cool but in the grand scheme of things it's kind of meaningless it's all arbitrary but that's gonna like running those fast times just grows your platform and i guess you just choose how you use it for sure i mean is that something that you um 
I guess, thought about beforehand a lot, like the ways that you could use this platform? Uh, and if so, how has that changed since this experience seeing like, you know, the that incredible amount of money come in and, and you know, the impact that, that you can have, how has that changed from what you, the ways that you thought you could use your platform before this all happened? Yeah, I, I would say the biggest thing is just the the response. I mean, I had like, over 250 people donate to this and I didn't know hardly any of them. So I think it just makes me more like willing to, you know, like realizing that there are people that, that tune into my, you know, what I'm promoting and stuff. And so it makes me, I guess, more like willing to do that and maybe more like in the future, looking for more ways to like continue to use my platform. Um, Cause this is the first time I've really done anything like this. Um, and so, yeah, I guess just seeing the response, makes me realize like I should keep doing this. Very cool, man. Well, Hey, before we wrap up this, this podcast, I do want to just dive into a little bit from your performances over the past year. And I think that your, your performance at NCAA cross country nationals was unbelievable. Tough day, muddy. You were super patient. You had uh, Peter Sufer kind of going out hard, you know, leading the charge. You just kind of stayed tight in that that chase pack and slowly, slowly picked away. You end up scooping up a, a second place at the at the end of the at the end of the race, just kind of squeezing it out. But it was just an unbelievable race, so fun to watch. Can you just tell us a little bit about that race and kind of what was what was going through your mind during that race? Yeah, I mean, it was just a crazy day. Like the weather was it was rainy, it was muddy, and I kind of just is one of those races that the starting line is I wasn't so much nervous, just kind of hit me that this was my last cross country race. And I just kind of had a lot of excitement going into it. And once the gun went off, I just kind of, I knew the first 200 meters is always the hardest part of any race for me to get position. And once I was in a good position, I just kind of rode it out and um, basically just keyed off Connor Mance from BYU. Cause the dude's like really tough and him and, uh, uh, Edwin Kiergott from Iowa State I was like if I can just keep these dudes in my sight like I know they're going to be the guys who are going for the win and just play off them Peter Sufer like that move he made was incredible and like at 2k or 3k I'm kind of like all right like this guy's going to come back and then I mean at 9800 meters he passed me again you know and I had to outkick him so I was like you know that dude just ran a crazy race and really ballsy race but yeah, I mean, I just was trying to be patient and just uh, be as tactical as I could, you know, not waste energy, run the tangents. And um, the only mistake I really made was just I kind of mentally tuned out when Edwin Kiergott made his move to, to break away. Uh, I think I was just like, it was at about 9K. And I was just, at that point, I was so much racing against Connor Mance. We were just duking it out. And I kind of just looked up and, and, and Kiergott was gone, you know? And so that, that was like my only kind of regret from the day, but yeah, it was just kind of in my head, those two guys, and I knew there'd be other people there, but those guys have proven time and again, that they win races, they, you know, show up when it matters. And if I can just key off them, I should have a good day. Steve's being pretty modest right now. He, uh, he had picked Colorado in our, our bet and pool at the beginning of cross country. And he was on, you know, team Clucker and team Buffalo, you know, the whole year. So, uh, you can thank Steve for the support that, that me and Mike were maybe rooting against <laughs> you for our own betting uh, needs. Appreciate it. <laughs> is there like, is there a better race for this sport than NCAA cross country? We talk about it all the time. 
like, you know, we criticize a lot of the ways that, you know, this sport markets itself and the coverage. I, there is no event that I get more into than NCAA cross country, the team dynamic and, you know, kind of always something new, always the surprises. And there's always like a, a pretty good coverage of it. And, you know, we always make it some kind of gambling matchup and, you know, pick our favorites and stuff like that. But to me, and maybe it's just because we love cross country so much, but just, I wish that like the pro circuit could kind of uh, get behind something like a cross country race like that, that had that much hype. I don't know. It's just, it's the best. No, totally. I mean, I like, I've even said now that I'm not an NCA system, I still want to continue to race cross country just because I think that it just mentally toughens you up. I mean, it's like, it's not just being fit, you know, like there's guys in that race who, who their 5k PRs are so much slower than you, but they are able to, you know, beat you on the grass. And it's just, I think it's just pure toughness. And that's why, like, I want to keep racing cross, but yeah, I wish it'd be so cool if there was a bigger, like professional cross country circuit, like in the fall or something. It'd be, I mean, I think it'd be huge. Couldn't agree more. You're speaking our language with that. I mean, the, like the European cross-country racing just looks so cool. Yep. Anyways, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun talking to you. We wish you the best of luck in the future, but we can't let you get away that quickly. We end every interview with a quick game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch, we're going to take a, a specific topic, pepper you with questions, and uh, your topic tonight is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so Trent's going to start us off with a question. Let's do it. All right, Joe, have you ever considered imitating the Randy Moss moon after a victory? <laughs> I, I'm honestly, no. I mean, I, I love the pictures of it, but I've never actually done it. I think you should. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I love that. Uh, so how, how are you feeling about Kirk Cousins right now? I still love Kirk. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know. He's just a great guy. All right. Another Randy Moss question. Um, do you think Randy Moss should go into the Hall of Fame as a New England Patriot? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a bike. Definitely a bike. I don't even know what he did with the Patriots. So I mean, just broke a you know a receiving touchdown record, but I mean, probably won a Super Bowl. But he should definitely go as a Viking. <laughs> the fact that Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl with the Patriots is like, oh, gets me still to this day. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, uh, so the U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, was having a problem there for a while. Have they stopped killing birds? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I know that th- when I was home, they were, like the stadium was like torn apart. Like the the paneling on it was all taken off. So maybe they're maybe they're trying to fix the problem. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, Joe. You gave like the most lukewarm, you know, uh, praise for your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, by saying he's a good guy. So I want to bring you back to another quarterback that I still haven't given up on, and that's Joe Webb. If Joe Webb was in a different situation, would he have been the elite QB? Because I think so. Oh, I was not going to lie. I was probably the biggest Joe Webb fan when he was on the team. I was like, this guy could be a wide receiver, could be a quarterback. Like, this guy could do anything. And then, like, the next year we cut him or trade him or whatever. And I was, I was mad. I thought that he had – I thought that he was our next quarterback. Me too. All right. Uh, Mike Zimmer, do we like him better with no eye patch or with an eye patch? Oh, definitely eye patch. I mean, he's, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta have the eye patch. I think it was last season. Uh, Bill Belichick and Adam Thielen got into a little bit of a shouting match. Who are you taking in a cage fight between those two? Oh, definitely Thielen. Exactly. Belichick fights dirty. 
Yeah, it's true. But Thielen's just – he's aggressive when he gets mad. Joe, Chris Carter says you should have a fall guy. Do you have a fall guy? <laughs> yeah, that was on my list. <laughs> a what? Uh, he said you should have a fall guy, somebody that can, you know, get in trouble with the cops if uh, if you do something wrong. Do you have a fall guy that can, you know, take the blame for you? Yeah, no, I, I can't say I do. Probably you got to get Dressel as your fall guy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, hit him with the last question. All right. What is going to be the Vikings record this year? Honestly, I look at the schedule every year and I think 16 and L, but I'm going to go 14 and 2. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Play it safe a little bit. Take it. (laughs) Yo, thanks for coming on. It's been a ton of fun. All right, that interview with Joe Klecker is brought to you by Bell Lab Track Gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell Lab boys. Look good, feel good run good i'm i like i might need to go buy some more bell app track and field gear because i want to run good so i need to feel good so i need to look good and uh so i might need to go get on that because i got a race coming up so that's, mike that's looking good is the only chance you have to to, to run literally decent in this two mile at, coming up. at this at this point i would try <laughs> anything right like i would try anything so if you tell me that you remember those little like um the weird blades and stuff like that, that Nike had on there. Like it, it, give me any kind of Trent Fontanella junk science on my track and field gear right now. And I'm into it. You tell me that some pro recommends this because it does, I, I don't know, some snake oil stuff, whatever. I'm going to use it because I only got a couple months and I got a lot of work to do. Well, Mike, did you do the, the Nike recooling vest that was on there? I did not tell me about According it. According to Nike, it cools the body's core temperature about 75% or something like that. These are the type of things that Bell Lab is pumping out. Now it's been sold, but you know, maybe Bell Lab will we'll let them know that, that Mike might be is uh, looking out for the next one that they come across. So there is some great junk science on there. Hold on, time out. Like you can't plan stuff like this, right? I just go off the cup. Honestly, I usually pull up the ad read like as I'm giving the ad read. And the fact that you had that information prepared, the way it flowed, I mean, what do you think, producer, producer flow? I mean, could you have planned that any better yourself? It could not have done any better. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's unbelievable. We're, we're professionals up in here. Well, hey, that, that's a perfect segue into our final segment of the day. So we're going to go personal podium. And the personal podium that we're going to do today is we're going to do excuses to not go for a run today. So. I'm trying to think, how did we do it last time? I think I go first this time, right? Because yeah, sure. last time we went, first time we went, we went Mike, Trent, me. And then we went Trent, me, Mike. And I think it's me, Mike, Trent, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Um, or no, no, so it'll be me, Mike, Trent. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. No, no, it would be me, Trent, Mike. All right, Steve, I'm going to be honest. I have, I have no idea <laughs> what. Let's do it. I, I, I was going to say, I was going to say yes to no matter what Steve said. All right, all right. So I here's to stay in. Okay, so number one excuse, my number one excuse that I give myself to not go for a run today is if it's getting towards the end of the day, I'll just say, hey, you know what? Today's a cross training day. You know, I don't want to go for a run. I'm going to do some sit ups. I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm going to, I'm going to make today a built-in cross training day and just work on a little, you know, strength training, you know? I like that one. I like that one. Um, okay. Oh man. 
I got to plan this out strategically here. So I think um, this is one of my favorite ones, right? It's, um, you know, usually like um, winter time, I guess, or the fall. And you get home from work and you're rushing around doing everything. And it just, it gets dark too early. It like sneaks up on you. It's like, oh man, it's already, it's already dark outside. I guess I, I guess, I guess I gotta just take the day off today. It's way too dark outside. So that's, that's a good one. That's, that's a, a good one to put in your back pocket. Yeah. You don't want to roll an ankle. No, no. You that, can't, that's how you, that's how you, that's how you end up taking multiple days off. That's mm. right. Yeah. 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 See, and the, oh, man. I don't know if this is a separate one or not, but I think this is more of just like a thought process on that. That's perfect transition, Steve. Cause it's like, yeah, it's too dark outside. And if I go roll my ankle, then I could either, take one day off or I could prevent myself from having to take like four days off. So it's actually, I'm actually helping my training by taking it off tonight. Doing more many, runs. many times. Yeah. All right. You mentioned kind of that, that, that fall season where your excuse comes in real good, right? Where it's getting dark early. Um, fall has a, another great excuse built in and that is on Sundays. Football God, has started. Damn it. Right? Or you cannot I almost get back. said that one. I almost said it. You can't leave that for me. You cannot leave that first round pick, uh, draft pick on the board for me. I'm swooping it up. I mean, how many Sundays? And this is before you had London football at 10 a.m. that you had to get up for as, a, as an East Coast person. Even before that, you get up, you know, you sleep in a little bit. You feel like you need a little, a little bacon and egg sandwich and you go. You make that. All of a sudden, you know, it's 1130. You're meeting somebody out and you don't have time to run, you know, and shower and get buffalo chicken pizza before going to their house for the Patriots game. So football started. I mean, that's that's the best excuse. And, and, and for us, it's even more extreme because like football, I know football starts at one o'clock on Sunday in the East Coast. But for people like us, it does not start at one o'clock, right? Like Always preparations, preparations start way before. And if it's a big football game, maybe a playoff game, we're probably watching like three or four hours of film and you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, old so, yeah. Super Bowls and stuff like that leading up to it. So if you're not getting out uh, the door like first thing in the morning, you're not getting your run. It's just not. Which don't get me wrong. I love that early morning run of to course, get ready for football best. Sunday. But I mean, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and for me, it happens early on in the football season very often because you're not in that Sunday cadence of getting up, getting out for that run. And next thing you know, it's noon, and the football pregame's starting, and you're just like, I've been waiting since February for this. Like, I have an opportunity to sit on the couch, have a few beers, and watch football for the next eight hours. I've been waiting for a year. I can skip my run today. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%, Trent. Thank you. All right, here's my back-to-back pick. Now, maybe maybe uh, I'm stepping on Steve's pick a little bit, but it just goes kind of hand-in-hand with my first pick, so I got to say it. Now, you mentioned you, you and your crossing, doing your, your core. I am going to take that a little bit differently and say playing like pickup football or pickup basketball is the best excuse if that's if that's different enough from doing some core inside because you get to that football Sunday and you're like well I can't get it running today um not that you need an excuse because you already have a built-in excuse but I'm gonna throw the football for 10 minutes you know after the one o'clock games or something like that I mean that is a run right there or or I'm gonna go you know shoot hoops outside and in the driveway for a little bit that's my workout for that day um so what do you think is that is that different enough uh, well that's different okay yeah oh yeah Yeah, different. different. the pickup basketball pickup football whatever your sport is any kind of like really really amateur casual uh athletic sport playing besides running that's a great excuse for sure all right so i have two that i like both of them a lot i'm a little afraid 
that both of them are going to get swapped out by Steve, but all right. <clears throat> I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with day drinking because listen, it's like you wake up and you're getting ready for your day and you know that there's always a chance that you might run later in the day. But the second you crack that first beer, it's like, I still think even in your mind, you're thinking like, no, nah, I, I could have a couple of beers and I'll, I'll still get out for like that three o'clock run me and the boys were going to do. And then it's just all over. As soon as that first those sip days, of Miller, those days are well behind me. The yes, as soon as couple beers, couple yeah, miles, those days are, I mean, maybe in college, those days are well, well behind me. If you haven't gotten your run in before the first time that Miller light is cracked, I mean, stop kidding yourself. It's over. And then you have that excuse. For us. It's like, ah, well, I'm, I'm just having a good time with the boys. You know what I mean? We're, ha- we're having a great night. It's, it's going to be a good day. So, yeah, I mean, no, that, one, that one's gone. This is a tough one to be – tough position to be in. I'm like half, exactly halfway here. Um, it's a lot of different directions I go with this pick. But I think I'm going to take the reverse of Mike's pick that he just took, and it's just you're, you're too hungover. You had a day, you had a day the previous day, and you know what? Today is that day where you're just going to give yourself give yourself freedom to eat some hangover food on the couch, crush some Netflix, and just say, you know what? Today is not about, not about making myself healthy. It's just about making myself feel a little bit better because of all the damage I did yesterday. And the, the beauty about that one is now it's a back-to-back day off. Yeah. So now you're yeah. totally setting yourself up to have a great week moving forward because now you're super fresh. You know what I do on those days, Trent, is when I'm feeling super guilty that I took like back-to-back days off, I write out my log for the week, right? So I start thinking like, <laughs> I start thinking like okay, this is my second day where I haven't run. At least I'm going to plan out all the good stuff I'm going to do later this week. Well, no, it's also the monthly podcast where Steve starts it <laughs> by saying, like, I just ordered my juice cleanse, boys. Like, don't worry. Like, we're, we're resetting for the week. <laughs> Listen, Trent did that at the top of this show, and you put that <laughs> yeah, on me. That's true. That's yeah, true. I'm, that's I'm true. the cleanser right now. <laughs> all right. Uh, you got one more. There's another one. Oh, oh, yeah. Snake draft. Okay. Um, I am going to go with. I mean, this is like the most classic one of all time. And it's just, you feel an injury coming on. You feel a little twinge in the calf and it's just enough to say, you know what? Hey, even pros take a day off from time to time, you know? So, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm just gonna, I feel that little twinge in my calf. My hamstring is just a little too tight today. So I'm going to make my, you know, today my built-in day off. I'm going to ice up and, and, you know, you, you get it in your head that because I'm taking today off, I'm going to run so much better in the future. For sure. And the older we get, the, you know, the more common that excuse comes up. All right. I am so happy that this one fell to me. I was taking a little bit of a risk, a little bit of a risk waiting on it, but I'm happy it came up. This is an excuse I've been using quite a bit lately. And the excuse is, Oh, I ran 114 miles a month ago. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm fine. I, you know what I mean? I got the fitness to, to last me forever and I beat my body up. So I got to take some time. So yeah, if I want to take a month off, I don't need to feel bad about that. I ran 114 miles. I, 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 I used that excuse for about like five days and it got out of control. Like I was just like, I can eat whatever the hell I want. I ran 127 miles, uh, you know, last week. I am going to do some damage to my body this week. And it got away very quickly. 
Yeah, Mike, you you are, you know, I'm proud that you are still taking advantage of it because I don't think Steve, I went in your camp. It only lasted to, like for a certain amount for me. So, Mike, I'm I'm proud of you for for embracing that excuse to this day. Is it me? Yep. It's you. It's the last, last one. You gotta, one. You gotta final pick take him. us down. All right, this thing is a, a very uh, a seasonal pick, and, and I'm feeling it right now as we slog through these, these you know, super humid, whatever temperature it is out there. It's hot in Boston right now. It, it's hot. So the – all right, so let me just give a little backdrop here. Normally when I run, a lot of times I'm like – I'm planning it so I have just enough time to, to shower and whatever and, and get to my next thing, whether it's before work. I don't give myself you know too much time to stretch after. It's kind of like run and get to work. Or after I got, I got to run and get something to a podcast or something like that. Um, so I'm going to be too sweaty after my run is, you know, a big one. And this time of year, I mean, I sweat all times of year, but this time of year and Steve, I know you can relate to this one. Um, and we've talked about this before. This is the, the, at least the half hour cool down where you need to wait before you can even get in the shower. So I want to get a 45 minute run in, let's say before work. I can't just set aside 45 minutes run. It's like an hour and 45. By the time I get back, I cool down and then I take a shower. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of time um, that you have to, to work into your run. So it's a big excuse in these hot summer days. Trent, that didn't even occur to me as an excuse because it's just, it's just a reality of my life, even <laughs> in the dead of winter, where my, most of my life is revolving around not being too sweaty. Just, well, just you know, it's, it's a curse. Do we, do we miss any good ones? What do you got, Flo? What do you got, Flo? Yeah, I mean, Steve, biggest layup of all time that you just simply didn't take. The greatest excuse for not running is when you think you've already run enough and you've already won a competition so that you don't go for <laughs> one more run. That's the basic, best excuse going. That's and you, the one. fact that you didn't slam dunk that. I was so I was sitting here waiting for it the entire time. And then Mike, I mean, an Achilles injury. That's the one I'm just gonna hammer hammer you for on. Sure. For now, sure. Apparently, I have to race you. So, but now Steve layup missed. All those others pretty good. Uh, what about my uh, my Strava screwed up? My Strava. Yeah. Whoa, my whoa, 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 whoa! That <laughs> one is a little personal. I'm gonna change the subject real quick on that one. No, I had a couple. Um, chafing, of course. You know, I know that's just you got to be on brand here. There's, there's some times where the chafe is just too bad and you just make it worse by running, right? So you can't do it. Um, but this was one I, I almost went with was the, you know, this is more of a, like a, a younger me thing probably where you have a bunch of people, you're crashing on couches and stuff and then you wake up and someone's got to like make breakfast, right? Someone's got to like get the eggs going or someone's got to get the grill going to get the lunch going. Um, make it. Well. Ah, shoot. Whoop. Cut out right at the right when things were. I had no idea yeah. where he was going with I that know. one. Oh, uh, Trent, you back? Trent, you're back. Yeah, you're back. You cut out. You cut out right before oh, yeah, yeah. like that. That <laughs> things was things were getting gone. like, dude, my juices were flowing. I was, I was like, getting like, amped I'm, up. I'm anxiously awaiting like where you're going with this. Can one. you please right, finish so the I'll story, just, please? I'll start from the top because I said the whole thing. No, no, thing I was right. No, right, right off. No, right, you right get the girl going. You're saying I'm a big. I'm a big and you you're big into something and we need to know what oh, it is. Oh, no. I mean, I pretty much already got it out then. So I, I like, and I, I uh, maybe I just use that as an excuse not to run sometimes, 
but I like being like the responsible one, right? Everyone's looking for me yeah. to have the eggs okay. ready, to have the burgers ready, to have some dogs ready for, for people when they get back from their run. So you guys go ahead. I mean, somebody has to take one for the team here and just start getting the omelets ready to go and then the bagels and the toaster. So being that responsible person is a great excuse not to run. Trent, the responsible one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, you're really pushing the excuses guy. there. One that I had, the amount of times that like, you know, I have an early, an earlier tea time and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, no, like I'm totally going to run <laughs> after I play 18 holes of golf. And then you finish, it's just, just no one in the history of the world has ever gone for a run after playing 18 holes of golf. And it's just a perfect excuse. It's like, oh, well, I mean, we're, you know, we're just out in the sun, like, you know, swinging a golf club for six straight hours. I don't need to run. I don't need to do that. Yeah. I had eight beers along the way and a couple hot dogs, but I don't need to go for a run now. So that's a good one. I, I just think, uh, the most classic and easy. I mean, I'm just sick. You know what I mean? I'm cold. I got a cold. I might, my throat's been killing me for three days. I got coronavirus. That's a good one too. I was going to say coronavirus. Coronavirus. I don't know how we missed on that one. That would be a pretty good one. <laughs> Too soon. Um, Flo, what about, what, what about you? What about you're at a, you know, a bachelor party and they're running a beer mile and you sleep in for like six hours. Listen, I was told <laughs> it was optional. And I took that – once I heard it was optional, I was out. I was never going to run. I think if had I been pressured right from the get-go, I, may, I probably would have done it. Now, obviously, I wish I had, I had done it. But I was told it was optional. I was at a bachelor party. There was no shot in hell I was getting up to do a beer a mile. But, you know, should have done it now. I'm producer of a running podcast. So, bad luck. Bad luck now. Guys, this is a great episode. I think we crushed this one. I had a lot of fun. But uh, on that, let's uh, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? All right. So I just got a little a little PSA, okay, for for the people today. We've talked a lot about it. Everyone's made their jokes. Ha ha. We're, you know, we're having fun with Mike tonight. But listen, all of my runners out there who are feeling like over coronavirus and quarantine you took some time off because you didn't have any races on the schedule and now you're feeling a little iffy about racing and you know your running situation it's gonna be okay we got two months to get ready for this two mile we're gonna do it i'm gonna do it you're gonna do it we're gonna get through this together and we're gonna shove it right in steve and trent and flo's face we're gonna shove it right in their face so if you're sitting on your couch right now listening to this podcast saying woe is me about this two mile we got coming up and I want to run it, but I'm not in any kind of shape and I haven't been logging on Strava and I haven't been, you know, you know, getting my stretch. Forget about it. Okay. We got two months, two months starting today. Let's get it done. Me and you, this is team comeback right now. Steve and Trent and Flo, they can be on their own team, but when you're on team comeback, so let's do it. Get on the train. We're going to do it right now. Let's go. Trent, what do you got people in the bell at? So last week we established I wasn't, you know, an, an anniversary person, right? And I think I got a little bit of support from the pod here. So today I come home and my, my lovely girlfriend, Megan, left a note that said, happy dateiversary. So I'm here to ask you guys, what does that mean, right? Is today our first date? Is today when we were dating? Is today when we were officially, you know, like a, a package, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend <laughs> situation? Because I need to know before I go out there and face her and tell her, <laughs> you know, I'm so happy that you remembered this important date in our lives. So what do you guys think? 
I'm gonna guess that it's 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 your it's your first date anniversary, right? Maybe she maybe. just likes maybe she just likes the date. It's like her date anniversary, June twenty third. She just likes that date. <laughs> uh, maybe she's June just twenty third person. She's just yeah. She's just always been big into June twenty third. I think Steve uh, was right. Do you know? Do you know what you did? Yeah. What did you date? do on your first date? You have to know. Well, the first day, the runners are gonna love this. Was a run. We went, we went for a run. We met this like running group thing. Went for breakfast. The other day was went out and, and got uh, oysters, and then went to watch a, a band play. So I don't know which one was actually like, it was a run or field. So, yeah, we went for breakfast after. I'm counting that one. Good excuse for not going for a run is you got a date or you hey, got an anniversary. Oh. Uh, anniversary. A date anniversary. Yeah. You got a, a date anniversary. Good one. Yeah. Bro, Flo, what do you got for people on the bell app? All right. Um, yeah. So. As everyone already knows, a biggest and only race in my life, other than Sullivan School, middle school, cross country, I did run that. Not a big deal. If there's any runners out there, DM me for either some advice, some just had good words, or like a training program because I have two months. I've been running like two-mile runs consistently, but I got to know kind of how to pick up my speed. So if anyone wants to help me out. On a more personal note, though, I'm on the coldest gambling streak in my entire life right now. It's just, I can't pick anything. So if, again, other DM section, if anyone's got a pick, send it, send it my way. But what, are you, what are you gambling join, join the Join the retired boys. Well, no, me. yeah, it hasn't join been a lot, but like boys. over the past couple months, just you can't do anything right. UFC, Steve. golf. Oh, I hear that. I don't know. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, I hear that. Nothing. So, but it's great to be here, fellas. But my uh, a, a good man, um, uh, his name is uh, Boomer Wilcox, once said, we can't have nice things. So, I mean, you just got to take those words and just understand that we can't have nice things. So I think that, uh, I think that you, can't, you can't be great at anything until you establish a worthy adversary or a true rival. And I think over the past couple weeks, We've really established who that rival is, and I think we've gone pretty hard at Flow Track. So what I need you people to do is we need to keep going. We need to keep going with the reviews and iTunes, iTunes ratings and iTunes reviews. So get in our iTunes reviews and tell us and, and, and make a statement. Let the people know why this, why this podcast is better than anything that Flow Track putting out there. Other than that, boys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Pat, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation Just wanna use your love tonight. I don't wanna lose your love tonight. I ain't got many friends left to talk to. No one's around when I'm in trouble. You know I'd do anything for you. Steve, what are you drinking, by the way? Um, it's Narragansett Shandies. Have you ever had one? No. So they're usually like they're usually like lemon. So it's usually like lemonade. Oh and yeah, I, yes, I've, I've this had is the watermelon. One. It's kind of gross. Aaron brought them. Bought them. I like the lemon shandies. The watermelon is not great. I love a nice shandy right now. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's a delicious summer beverage. Super refreshing. Sure is. Just like it quenches your thirst and gets you a little buzz going. Trent, you look so much better today. I mean, you yeah. looked great before too, but the light 
huge difference. I mean, that's that's the impact that that you're producing is having on the show immediately. Thank you. You didn't have to say that. That was really nice. I can't the way I'm feeling as you